0: Enjoy the day. <clears throat> and I want to to follow up with what the pastor said. I want to encourage the women to encourage your men, all of the men in your life, to go to Real Men Rally. Send, uh, send your husbands, your fathers, your sons, your uncles, your nephews, whatever, your friends, your co-workers, encourage every man you know to come to Real Men Rally. Let them have a pass on their Saturday to-do list and send them to Roman Rally because they will not regret it, nor will you. So they will come home and they will have, been, uh, have a day of fellowship and bonding with men and a day of being challenged in the Lord and their spiritual walk. And so just encourage them to go, to come. All right. I want to start the word today. I want to start with a story that goes like this. On a very cold, icy winter day in January of 2018, a young man named Kyler Ray Sowell, who had been the love of my daughter's life since seventh grade, took Lacey on a scavenger hunt of sorts, and they ended up on the bridge at Ray Clinton Park, and with candles lit and flowers and a photographer waiting off to the side and two mothers over across the street in the Coliseum trying to see with binoculars. Kyler got down on one knee and with teeth chattering and his hands shaking because of the bitter cold, he asked for Lacey's hand in marriage. And in true Lacey style, Lacey just exploded with joy. And amidst tears and laughter and every happy emotion all at the same time, she said yes. And so after a celebration with family and friends, the wedding preparations began. And the list of things that we had to do and had to buy seemed endless. We would mark one thing off the list and add two more. But there was one thing on the list that was the most important costly. There was one thing on the list to buy that was most carefully and tearfully chosen. There was one thing on the list that was guarded and protected more than anything else, and that was the wedding dress. The one question that I got in the months of wedding planning more than any other was, what does her dress look like? What will she wear when she presents herself to be married to her bridegroom? What will she be wearing when she comes down the aisle and takes the hand of the one whom her soul loves? Out of the hundreds of things to do and the things to buy, all of the thousands of details that go with any preparation and any wedding, the centerpiece of it all is always, what will the bride do? Where? At any wedding, every eye sits and just waits to see what will the bride have on. In Revelations 19:6 through 9 John says, Then I heard what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd, the roar of mighty ocean waves, or the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice. Let us give honor to him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. The bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. And the fine linen represents the righteousness of God's holy people. And then the angel said to John, He said, Write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Matthew Henry calls these verses a wedding song because the vast crowd that John heard in this vision was every believer from the beginning of time till the end of time. This vast crowd that John heard in this vision was the beautiful bride of Christ. And I want you to imagine with me for just a minute. Imagine the bride of Christ coming together for the first time ever in history. Because never before has the bride of Christ been all together in one place at one time standing before her king standing before the one whom her soul loves, standing before the one who had relentlessly pursued her from the day the gate closed and shut Adam and Eve out of the garden. Can you just imagine what that day will be like? Can you imagine how the bride will respond I can't help but just imagine that this bride, this beautiful, glorious bride will respond in the same way that Lacey responded when she said yes, and then again when she said I do. I can't help but imagine that this bride will just explode with joy. Because you see, at some time in the journey, this bride... This bride had heard, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but can have everlasting life. At some point in time, she got the revelation, sorry, she got a revelation that whosoever included her, That whosoever meant, regardless of where she had been or had not been, regardless of what she had done or not done, Jesus, God the Father, loved her so very much that he sent Jesus, his son, from his house to hers to pay the price, to pay the ransom, to pay the the price for the bride and to establish a marriage covenant with her. And when she heard and she understood, she realized that she was being invited to a wedding. She was being invited to a wedding not as the guest, but she was being invited to a wedding as the bride. And when she realized that, she said, yes. And when she said yes, all of heaven celebrated because Scripture tells us that there is great joy in heaven over only one, just one, who repents, over just one who says yes to Jesus. After the celebration, the wedding preparations begin. After paying the price for the bride and establishing the marriage covenant, Jesus, the bridegroom, returned to his father's home to prepare a place for the bride. And before he left, he said, In my father's house are many mansions, and I go, I'm going to go away. I'm going to prepare a place, a home for us to live. And when that home is finished, I will come back and get you, so that where I am, there you may be also." And he also said, I don't know the day or the time when I'll be back. No one knows. The angels don't know. Only the Father knows the day and the time. But he said, I do know that when I return, it will be as though it was in the days of Noah. In the days before the flood, people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered the boat. The people did not realize what was about to happen until the flood came and swept them away. And he said, that's the way it will be when I come back. And then he said, you must keep watch, for you don't know when I'm coming, but you just have to know I am coming. And so she waited. And she still waits, because the vision in Revelations 19 has not taken place yet. And the bride of Christ is still awaiting his return. And I am here today to remind some of you, probably most of you, and to tell others of you, possibly for the very first time, that God so loved you that he sent his only son Jesus from his home to your home to pay the price for you so that you would not perish, but you could have everlasting life, so that you could live with him as his bride forever. And whosoever includes you, regardless of where you've been or what you've done, regardless of what your life has looked like, Up until now, whosoever includes you, you are being invited to a wedding. You are being invited to be part of the wedding song that John heard the vast crowd singing in Revelations 19. You are invited to the marriage feast of the lamb and you are not invited as a guest. You are not invited as one who just shows up and enjoys the decorations and the food and you look on as the bride and groom declare their love for one another but you are being invited as the bride. You are being invited as the beloved. The wedding details have been taken care of by the father and the groom. The venue, the day and time have been decided by the father. The meal is being prepared. And the bridegroom is putting the finishing touches on the place for you to live. And at this wedding, as all weddings, the centerpiece of it all will be the most extravagant, the most unbelievable, most unbelievably beautiful wedding garment. Revelations 19 and 8 said that the bride has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. For the fine linen represents the righteousness of God's holy people. This robe, this garment of righteousness that we have been given permission to wear is the most costly wedding garment ever purchased. This garment cost Jesus absolutely everything. Ephesians 5:25 through 27 says, Jesus loved the church. He loved the bride so much that he gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, a glorious bride, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. You see, Jesus knew that we could never be good enough, we could never be right enough, we could never be clean enough. To stand before God on our own. He knew it. He knew that our very best, at our very best, we are all still as unclean things. He knew that at our very best, our righteousness is filthy rags. But because he so desired to have us as his bride, he so desired to spend eternity with us, He gave himself for us. He gave everything to cleanse us, to sanctify us, so that one day we could stand before him as his bride. This extravagant, unbelievably beautiful wedding garment that we have been allowed to wear is not our righteousness, but it is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This garment of the finest white linen. This garment of righteousness was carefully and tearfully chosen. The night before Jesus was to be crucified, he and the disciples went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said to the disciples, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And he walked just a few steps away and fell with his face to the ground and he prayed this prayer. He said, Father, if it be possible, let this bitter cup pass from me. In other words, Father, if there is any other way that I could pay the price for this bride, let it be. But then he said, but if not. If there is no other way, she's worth it. And so let your will be done. This is, this is an extra little add-on thing, but if, if you ever find yourself feeling unloved, if you ever find yourself feeling as though no one cares, for you and that you are not valuable. Would you please remind yourself to pick up the Bible and read Ephesians chapter 5 and read Matthew chapter 6 26 because it's impossible to read these things and not understand how very much God and Jesus loves us, how very much we are valued, and that we do matter. This robe of righteousness, this wedding garment that was so costly, must be protected and guarded at all times. We must guard ourselves from conforming to the world and allowing our garment to be altered to look like the unrighteousness and the indecencies of this world. We must guard ourselves so we don't allow the enemy to seduce us into taking the wedding garment off. 1 Timothy chapter 4 tells us that in the last days, some will depart from the faith, giving in to seducing spirits. In the last days, some will trade their garment of righteousness for unrighteousness. In the last day, some will take off their wedding garment and give themselves to other lovers and other influences. We must guard ourselves against that. We are the bride of Christ. And we are waiting for his return. And while we wait, we have to guard the wedding garment. While we wait... We have to conduct ourselves as a faithful bride, as one who knows that she is loved, as one who knows that she can trust the one who loves her. We used to have a movie that we got from one of those companies that would call you every once in a while and ask you to order movies, and it was about two twin girls <clears throat> Uh, basic storyline, two twin girls separated at birth, one ended up in a really wealthy family, one ended up in a family that adopted and fostered lots and lots of children for the purpose of making them work in their junkyard business. And one day these two girls ended up together, I don't know, remember if it was a camp or whatever, but they got mixed up. And the daughter from the wealthy family ended up in the junkyard with these people being treated like a slave And she kept telling them, there has been a mix-up. I do not belong here. I do not belong here. My daddy will find me and he will come and get me. And they mocked her and they laughed and they threw things at her. And they made this little tiara out of something and they put it on her head and they were bowing before her saying, princess, your daddy's coming to get you. And no matter what they said, no matter what they did, she just, she just kept telling them, I'm telling you, my daddy is coming to get me. He will come. And they just kept mocking. But then all of a sudden, she heard a sound. And when she heard the sound, she knew it was her daddy's helicopter. She couldn't see it, but she knew the sound. And so she removed the tiara off her head, And she just stood there calmly and waited for the helicopter to land in the middle of the junkyard. And when it did, she confidently walked and got into the helicopter, leaving behind all of the mockers and all of the junk. When you are loved and when you know that you are loved and you are confident, you can trust the one who loves you. No matter what kind of junk the enemy throws at you, no matter what temptations you face, no matter what seductions come from other spirits, you will confidently say, no, no, I do not belong here. I belong to Jesus and he is coming to get me. I just want to remind you today that Jesus, the bridegroom, is coming back. He is coming back. And he is coming back soon. I heard a pastor say recently that everything that is necessary for Jesus to uh, come back has already happened. And he said it's time to stop looking for a sign and start listening for a sound. In biblical times, the bride never knew when the bridegroom would return. She just had to stay ready. And the only sign she got, the only warning she got was a shout as the bridegroom approached her home. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16-18 says, The Lord himself will come down from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And first... The ones who have died will rise from their graves. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And then we will be with the Lord forever. And then it says, so encourage one another with these words. We must be encouraging each other. In these last days, we must encourage each other to stay pure, to keep the faith. We must, when we see someone who's getting weary in well-doing and they're about to lay down and go to sleep, we have to remind them, stay awake because Jesus is coming. When we see someone who is about to trade their garment of righteousness for unrighteousness, we must remind them to stay pure because Jesus really is coming. We need to be encouraging each other that he really is coming and that we need to just be listening for the sound. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he gave us instructions about being ready and about how to conduct ourselves while we wait and how we are to help each other stay ready. I'm going to read the chapter to you because... I couldn't say it any better. It says, Now concerning how and when all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you, for you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin, and there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things, brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief, for you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. So be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep. Night is the time when drunkards get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out His anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we're alive or dead when He remains, we can live with Him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work, and live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you, warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, take tender care of those who are weak, be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. And now, may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. He is coming. Jesus is coming. And we must stay ready we must stay watchful we must be alert and aware that he could come at any moment we need to be listening for the sound we cannot be like the people in the days of noah who are clueless about what was going on anywhere beyond their own little life and we should enjoy and celebrate life here on this earth, absolutely. But we must also be aware of what is going on in the spirit realm and what is about to take place. And if we have been listening to the Pastor, Pastor Miller's sermons, the series, if we have been listening to the other word that God has been given this body through our pastors and the lay people, We have absolutely no excuse for not being aware of what is going on. If we have been listening, God has been making us aware. He has been speaking to this body and he has been preparing us for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because even though we don't know what day and what time he is coming, he will come. He is coming. And though sometimes it seems long, sometimes it seems like he's overdue. When our daughter Brandy went to be with Jesus in 1994, I sincerely believed that it was going to be no more than just a few years and we were all going to be there. But 25 years later, we're still here. But I'm not losing hope because this is what I know. Jesus is still coming. He is not late. He is not overdue. And he has not forgotten. He is still coming. And so we wait. And one day, very soon, the Father will say, son, and I just believe that when he says, son, Jesus is going to know immediately what it means, I know that he is going to immediately know that finally the day that he has longed for too has come and it's time for him to go get his bride. And he will shout, and we will hear the sound. And in the twinkling of an eye, we will be gone from here to there, standing before the King of Kings. And all of heaven is going to erupt in joy. Yes. Because you see, the angels watched Jesus many years ago as he left his throne and came down and paid the price for us. And on the day when God says, son, and Jesus takes off with a shout, the angels are going to rejoice because they're going to know the bride is coming home. The bride that Jesus has waited for is coming home. And finally, on that day, we, the bride, will stand together for the first time ever, all in one place all at one time and heaven will rejoice. On the day that Kyler and Lacey got married, everyone who knew them was so excited and we were so happy and we were just bursting with joy. But no amount of joy that we had could compare with the joy that Lacey and Kyler felt. And the angels are going to rejoice because the bride is coming home. Jesus finally gets to go get his bride. But I'm telling you, on that day, no amount of joy that the angels feel will compare to the joy that we and Jesus feel. And I just can't help but imagine that this bride is going to explode with joy and amidst tears and laughter and every possible imagination, all at the same time, wearing the marriage garment of the finest white linen, we will all together be saying, Praise the Lord! For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice. Let us give honor to him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. And his bride has prepared herself. I just encourage you today. Keep your wedding garment on church, because Jesus really is coming. You are the bride of Christ. He loves you with an everlasting love, an unfailing love. You can trust him. And when the enemy comes along and he tells you the same lies he told Eve in the garden of Eden, when he says, well, God didn't really mean that. You can just say, oh no, oh no, I'm not listening. I am listening for the sound of the shout of Jesus. He is coming to get me. If you would stand. And just real quickly, I would ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm not going to hold here very long, but I want to speak to anyone who possibly has heard this for the very first time. You never heard before that Jesus loved you so much that he paid the bride price for you and established a marriage covenant. You never heard before that you were being invited to the wedding as the bride. You've never said yes to Jesus If that is you today, and you are ready to say yes to Jesus, you are ready to accept his invitation. Would you raise your hand, please? I'm going to give you one more minute. If this is your day. Scripture tells us today is the day of salvation. When you have heard the word, if you've never heard it before and you have heard it today, you are now held accountable for what you have heard for the truth. Jesus loves you so very much. Okay. So. Every, every wedding always has a rehearsal. And when I was directing weddings, I would always, we would practice until we got it right. So what, this is what I want you to do. I want you one more time to imagine that this is the day when the bride of Christ has heard the sound. And we have gone from here to there. And we are standing before the King. And I want you to rehearse exploding with joy, exploding with praise to God. And who knows? This morning I thought, who knows? Maybe while we're rehearsing, he'll just come. Maybe while we're rehearsing, praising him and exploding with joy, he'll show up. Oh, let's explode with joy. Blessed be the name of Let us give honor to him for oh, this is the day of- So much for being here today. Thank you so much for allowing me to bring the word to you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Go, go from this place and enjoy your families, enjoy your mothers, and celebrate life. But all the while, keep in your ear tuned for the sound of your bridegroom because he is coming. Bless the name of Jesus, hallelujah, glory. Bless the name of Jesus.